Hey, it's Nick from This Week in Film. Just wanted to give you a heads up that the following recording was recorded live. Um, so there are a few visual elements and uh, we may be acknowledging people that you won't get to hear from. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Brynmar and all the cities across the world. It's This Week in Film live from Brynmar. Showcase comics. That's right, Dan. I'm Nick Pananto, joined as always by Dan Moran. And Charlie Chester is the man of honor today as we're here for his book signing. Hi, Charlie. Charlie's not on mic. He's all the way across the room. Distant Charlie. <laughs> There's a whole lot of activity going on today, Dan. A lot of it is not going to be heard on the audio podcast. But if you're tuning in right now on the Facebook, you're in for a treat because we are doing an extra long show today. And we're going to talk about movies and comic books, two of my favorite things. Uh, Dan, how's it going? Haven't Go- seen you in a while. Doing all right, man. How about you? I'm doing, doing great. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy to be here. Charlie, would you like to uh, come on over? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, look at that. Come on over. Hello, Bryn Mawr and all the cities across the world. It's This Week in Film, live from Showcase Comics in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. I'm Nick Pananto, joined as always by Dan Moran. And for the first time in an even longer time. Yeah, it's been a while. Charlie Chester. Hey. Charlie. Recognize that voice, huh? Why are we here today, Charlie? Uh, I'm having a book signing for my book, Boy Zero, which we talked about, or I talked about quite a bit back in the day. Yeah, I wouldn't shut up about it. So, uh, yeah, finally got uh, my first book signing today here in Bryn Mawr. And uh, I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys coming out and doing your show from here. You're welcome. Yeah, We definitely started on time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. We had no technical difficulties (laughs) at all. Uh, I'm being told to scooch closer to you, so don't. Okay, yeah. Well, okay. Well, it's about to get cozy. That's yeah. fine. No, just nuzzle oh. me in your pit. Someone has been working out. <laughs> uh, so Dan, you're also here. <laughs> <laughs> How's it Absolutely. going? It's going. It's going great, man. Have you Thanks written for a having, comic book? I haven't written a comic book, but yeah, you asked me to be on the show, so here we are. Excellent. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so, as you know. This is the weekly podcast where we get together, talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. But we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks because the best way to build momentum moving towards a live show is to just not do one for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I've been chopping at the bit. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm excited. And uh, we're going to get started. We've got some special guests lined up along the way. Definitely. And uh, we're just going to play it by ear and do it this show our regular way. So, Dan... What have you seen this week in film? So, uh, so this this week I watched the James Mangold directed Logan. Um, you know, so for those of you who haven't seen Logan, don't know the story. It's a, uh, it's the f- the final Wolverine movie for Hugh Jackman, and it's in a future where you're not quite sure what has happened, but bad things have happened, mm-hmm. and Wolverine is is basically by himself uh, with Professor X. And he's taking taking care of him down in down in Mexico, and then a mysterious woman shows up with a little girl and ruins uh, 
the relative peace that Wolverine ha- has found for himself. Uh, so, I actually I really liked this movie. Um, I mean, the I think the Wolverine movies, all all nine of them, kind of got, <laughs> got better as they went along. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was a, this was definitely a good way to to send send off Hugh Jackman you know, from a character that he's been playing for you know what seventeen years at this point. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I was, thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was great. We yeah. we've talked about it a f- like a few weeks ago when it was in theaters, <laughs> and now it's out on video. And uh, Matt Matt uh, Midwest Matt, who's been on the show a couple of times, has said <laughs> that watching the movie was wonderful, but to try to sit through it again would be like torture <laughs> because it's a very drawn out, like just a bad experience. But like 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 it pulls at your heart. You you feel the whole movie. Well, yeah, it's definitely like unlike some of the other uh, what I feel some of the other X Men movies and you know Wolverine movies more specifically I guess X Men Origins Wolverine you actually kind of care about everybody in the movie that movie doesn't exist yeah yeah okay it's kind of like <laughs> the Rocky Five of the X Men movies but we, um, we talked about Rocky Five already today <laughs> Rocky Five is a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah but so it's it was really bleak in the beginning and actually it. You know, watching the first 20, 30 minutes with, you know, just kind of the very slow build and, and the music involved, it, it was almost like 28 Days Later starring Wolverine in, in that sort of way, yeah. in that you, you're kind of trying to figure out what the what the heck is going on in, yeah. during that first first little bit. And you, you really don't, um, you know, figure out why why things are exactly the way they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read a little little bit about it. I know it's based on the the old man Logan, you know, storyline where, um, you know, at some point Wolverine basically got tricked into killing all the other X Men, which is why he's kind of alone and and depressed, and now he's you know, um, you know, kind of hanging out. Oh, yeah. I have not read the old man Logan storyline. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, so so yeah, so um, I think you know, in in the movie they kind of alluded to that, but maybe went a different direction. So in the comic book. Uh, it's it's based in an alternate future where all the all the supervillains have taken over America and split it into different parts. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they decide to kill all the superheroes. And in in that, they attack you know you know Charles Xavier's school for gifted children. And Wolverine is fighting fighting for his life, trying to save all of his friends. And he thinks he's killing uh, all of these supervillains that are attacking the school. And it turns out that. It's just a big illusion by Mysterio, and he actually just killed all of the X Men. So, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, he ends up actually, you know, he he tries to kill himself at one point by laying under a train. It doesn't work, but that you know was you know kind of symbolically killing off the Wolverine persona and why he becomes you know just refers himself as Logan at that point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw an interview with James Mangold, and he was saying that. Uh, I guess him and Hugh Jackman were really good friends. In the middle of the night, Hugh Jackman just calls him up. Um, I guess he fell asleep and woke up, and on TV, the wrestler mm-hmm. was playing. Okay. And so he just woke up, like, really depressed. He's like, this is perfect. This is what we got to do. We got to do uh, – we're going to send him out um, to the tone of, like, the wrestler and Unforgiven. Okay. And then okay. they're yeah. constantly talking about um, – what's the, the, the Western – that they're talking about, um, uh, Shane, Shane, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, which is the which is a death of uh, westerns. Mm-hmm. You know, Shane yeah. is essentially the end of that genre. You know, okay. uh, where the hero is um, becomes the antihero mm-hmm. in a way. So uh, that's why they're constantly referencing it. You know, okay. so like that in a big way, they're actually saying this is the death of 
superhero movies down the line in this chronology of oh, okay. how things right. go. Like the way of the dodo, this is it. This is how it should end on a dark note, you know, which, yeah, like when I was watching that, I was like, they, they just killed my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Basically. You know, like every, that, what was it? The late nineties cartoon X-Men yeah. or whatever. Yep. Like that's where it started and this is where it ended. I'm like, this is the saddest thing ever. Which is funny because that, I mean, that's basically where I, I form a lot of my opinions of, you know, the X-Men movies now is from how much I liked that X-Men cartoon mm -hmm. as a kid. It was fantastic. So, I mean, cause they basically, I guess, started with kind of days of futures past kind of timeline in that cartoon yeah and it's kind of you know come to pass on on the screen and that was actually one uh, you know a pretty good x-men movie too days of futures past oh but yeah oh, yeah it's yeah, it fantastic i mean but logan i think is is right up there and um you know it's kind of wolverine's always been kind of you know a, a bit of a complicated guy he's always trying to to kind of yes I guess get redemption for his past, you know, kind of where he started is basically just, you know, Charles Xavier again, he references it where he says, you know, you know, when we found you, you were trained to be a pit fighter, you're addicted to barbiturates, that sort of thing. So now he's he's trying to find redemption again and, and at the end of this movie I think he he kinda he really kinda does, you know, when he becomes, you know, a father to, you know, X twenty three, I guess I guess yeah. is the character. Um it was really good. Even that I mean that that little girl, it's it was interesting to see like how they they kind of dealt with that like she's a, she's a little girl and she's trying to be a little girl in the scene where she's riding the pony and getting really mad because the, the pony ride is over outside yeah. the store but then and then she's you know she was a killing machine you know 10 minutes before that right um, so <laughs> so um yeah you almost see that like uh the character that she's supposed to mirror which is the wolverine, wolverine and whatnot yep. mm -hmm. has is now taking a step further as a character and and she has what he never had. So perhaps the character will grow a little bit more and have more of a chance to be something more than he was, you know? Um, I mean, that's what I was taking from it. Yeah, and they definitely, and, and I think they kind of reference that as well when he's, you know, he says, you know, don't, don't become what what they made you um kind of right. towards the end of the movie which i thought was a was a really good line and um the fact that i love the fact that it was it was obviously it was r-rated which i think it, it really needed to be there's finally a r-rated wolverine movie and right off the bat besides just the bleak bleak tone of the movie you knew it was going to be different you know from that fir very first scene where you know he, he stabs a guy through the face and you see it unlike you know kind of yeah. the, the pg-13 you know kind of x-men movies yeah um and and all the other action and then also you get to see finally you know i think i read an art a an interview with uh hugh jackman where he said you know the phrase he's heard so many times from fans when you know talking about him about his portrayal of wolverine is i wish i saw you know a berserker rage and you get to see that at the end of the movie too oh, yeah. when he when he takes the drug and you finally get to see you know him as like old wolverine and and you know going going through everybody like you like he should have been in, in all the other movies how, how many times has he practiced that sound effect that he came up with yeah like i just imagine day in yeah, and day out he's just screaming into the beard <laughs> <laughs> did you see that video that he posted online of him yeah. in the adr se session oh yeah that's great, that great. That's, that's fantastic to watch um but like he couldn't screw it up there's too many people too many eyes on that mm -hmm. like the video game you know, like that sound effect was perfect. So yeah, yeah like I give him credit because he's had so much pressure on like a fan favorite character and he's nailed it every time. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Dude. Well, I don't, I don't think X-Men Origins is his fault. It doesn't exist. Wolverine Origins. It doesn't exist. It's not a real movie. <laughs> and um, what I really enjoyed about it was how down to earth it was. <laughs> it took the viewer's uh, intelligence like in hand like the um, 
the idea that there's this future where terrible things have happened, everything is brown or dead. Uh, I mean, I know that for most of the movie they're in the Southwest, but mm, yeah. but everything is dead. So clearly, there's been like long droughts. There's there's been a lot of time has passed since there was any green. There's automated vehicles everywhere, and that one throwaway line that does annoy me, where he says these dumb auto trucks, you know. <laughs> but like, you live in a future where there's there's no more truckers. There's no more there's no more real industry around mm -hmm. like everywhere is just desolate until you get to uh where they go to the vegas mm -hmm. and and even there there's really nothing but phoniness you're right it's, you just, it's just electric lights and and um what i think is what is interesting is as they go north uh as things become greener and you know like life starts springing up around them mm -hmm. the the relationship between Wolverine and the girl really starts to blossom also. So by the time she reaches, or by the time they reach the, the Northern border mm -hmm. where everything is green and everything is beautiful again, so is his soul. <laughs> Taught a robot to love. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a smart movie. The stakes are very low in it like it's yeah. a very low stakes movie if if wolverine does not succeed the only thing that happens is this kid is uh, dead yeah really you know I, which it, which is not something yeah small, yeah but, you know you don't want to throw it but away. it's not blue light in the sky well Somebody. it's it's kind of like noah's ark in a way right like i mean those were the last mutants mm -hmm. right like they have to if they didn't survive then all mutant kind would have Died off completely. Well, that's the thing, and that's actually that's you know that's another thing you would say that there wasn't any vegetation, anything like that, and then there also weren't any any mutants in this world. Right. I guess they kind of you know the the one guy, the doctor, who I didn't think was a great character, but he was obviously necessary. Um, you know, his dad was was you know the head of the original Weapon X project. Yeah. Um, you know, Wolverine killed him, and then um, but then he he kind of explained, he kind of like weeded out mutants just by you know. You know, basically drugging everybody to get rid of like normal mutant mutants. Yeah. Um, but I did wonder at the end of the movie. Obviously, these the mutants were created. You know, these these kids. But if they kind of reproduce, do they produce mutants, or you know, is it passed on through their DNA, or is it just die out because they were kind of created? Oh yeah, I don't know. Well, they're all clones, right? Yeah, like, they're all yeah, yeah Wolverine so, yeah. clone and yeah, you know, so various people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the only I mean, and I guess we'll have to wait for the sequel. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. So overall, great movie. Uh, if I if I had to, you know, kind of nitpick, the only thing is the the main I guess antagonist. Uh, you know, is the same kind of you know problem that Marvel runs up against is that you know their their villains are kind of the least compelling parts of these movies. Yeah, and that because that guy. I mean, while he had like a cool accent or whatever, he did his thing, but he basically just showed up and got his ass kicked every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah. I so. read a, I read a thing about him. Uh, I don't know, the, I don't remember the character's name, but somebody said he was just doing a straight up Val Kilmer from Tombstone impression. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I forget where I saw that, mm -hmm. but it, but it's once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. So now, if, if Val Kilmer had a robot hand, that was yeah, pretty pretty spot on. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think every villain they've ever had in these movies is pretty one dimensional, with the exception mm -hmm. of. Uh, um, the last Wolverine movie, the Wolverine. Yeah, I thought that guy was a little well-rounded character. Eh. Yeah, was, as more well-rounded than most. That's that's yeah. another movie that's like three quarters of a pretty good movie. 
Um, like I love, I loved the Wolverine. I thought it was great, especially the unrated version because they put all the blood back into it. But um, uh, that's movie like it's great, 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 and then it and then it gets to the fourth act or whatever, and and it just kind of falls apart where he's fighting the Silver Samurai. And wasn't the Silver Samurai that spoiler alert? Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> wasn't was, that was the old man. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah so I'm like, one. that's you know, that's just like a a that's just like Tony Stark fighting. Spoiler alert: <laughs> Obadiah Stane in the first Iron Man, where they're like, oh, "Well, yeah. we gotta end this somehow, so, so you're gonna fight that guy." One, mm-hmm. what's really interesting about the movie is that how they progress. You know, it's the story; it's not the fighting that makes that X Men movie, or even the comic books. It's not the fighting that makes it great; it's the story. I'm actually reading Uncanny X Men right now, like I started from issue one. And uh, I think I'm at like 62 or 63, which is like, uh, I think it started in 1963. So where I am right now is like 1969, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. But um, w- what's the best parts of the comic are when they're just talking to each other. Like the fighting is just almost shoehorned in in every issue. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, you this, have to have a fight. You got to have a fight in here. And, you know, it's like. Uh, but like the the themes of X Men, which is you know basically analogous to civil rights and you know equal rights for everybody, mm-hmm. um, are are so heavy handed in the comic that it's brilliant. Like it's it's perfect. Like they even there is even uh, like women's lib stuff and and everything. Hi, welcome to this week in film. <laughs> um. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to brag that I was reading a book. <laughs> Humble <laughs> reading. Humble brag. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, so yeah. So right. great. I mean, great, great way to send Wolverine off. I mean, there were. I think through his movies, there were some some better villains they could have used, but they were ended up. They could have ended up just being you know, kind of villains they've they've already done in in other movies like too much like them. So if you if you brought in say like you know Omega Red, it's almost too much like that terrible villain from iron man 2 mm-hmm. um but i think it was it was a kind of a kind of a good send-off and um on you know it's i think in in wolverine you know i kind of mentioned the antagonist but i think in the end he's just kind of almost fighting against himself like his past and that sort of thing so it's almost yeah like iron man 3 in that way that in that he's just like kind of fighting his own kind of vision of himself at that at that point yeah mm-hmm. so yeah great movie yeah I'm not buying that this is the last time he's going to play Wolverine. No, he'll come back for like another appearance or something. But I mean, they've already split like the timeline, right? Yeah, so it doesn't like, make any sense. We're on a new timeline. It doesn't make any now. sense. Like the, they're doing Dark Phoenix next. Right. Yeah, that's the next. And they're movie. doing, and they're, and new they're still sticking with the cast from Apocalypse, which is terrible. That girl from Game of Thrones cannot act. <laughs> She's she is terrible. Well, also tell me if I'm wrong, but like Deadpool being on this new timeline, right? Cable is a time traveler. No, right. So, so he can go anything back can happen. Right. Yeah, point, that's true. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. they can just make they can just make standalone movies, and it would be great. Uh, Charlie, mm. that is the end of our Logan segment. <laughs> yeah, it was good. That it's was time for some yeah. Boy Zero talk. Yeah, what's uh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about? You can ask me anything you like. What was the inspiration behind Boy Zero? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I kind of wanted to embody like 
the way when I grew up, you know, emo was Smashing Pumpkins. You know, like that was like, you know, that, that was the hot topic uh, store, you know, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, like, uh, so during uh, the 90s when I was growing up, um, uh, trying to create a character uh, that would have been an archetype for like me at that time, you know, like that, that uh, tortured artist sort of thing. So the character, the main character from it is essentially me. Um, but the, uh, the inspirations for the murder mysteries and whatnot all come from my love of Stephen King and Agatha Christie from, um, early Stephen King, I would say, you know, like when it was fun and you, and you got around like, uh, the TV for like a miniseries, Stephen King, like, mm -hmm. like it or, uh, uh, classic like Langoliers. Yeah. Or Tommyknockers. Tommyknockers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never saw Tommyknockers. It's, 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 it might be a tough one to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. now, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, I just think, can't yeah. get past the title. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Tommy Knockers are aliens, Nick. Just so we know. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in most Stephen King, um, stories when he's falling, uh, short of like a good, uh, explanation of what things are going on, somehow an alien is, <laughs> become something becomes an alien out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to like kind of get that feeling of like the miniseries back in the day. So that's why like I've paced the book specifically to be like a, a TV miniseries, like a, a three-parter or a two-parter, mm -hmm. which is why we broke the book up into two volumes. Um, Both available for sale. At any Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. Also Showcase okay. Comics. Showcase in, Comics in Bryn Mawr. Where we are live in Bryn Mawr. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are the basic inspirations. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, the, uh, the character of Drecker, the main character, and it actually came from, um, uh, the movie seven. I really enjoyed that movie and it, and it kind of sunk into my subconscious when I was uh, writing it. So I, I took the, the basic, um, uh, structure of that character and then I started, piling on like a different backstory to him, like who he is and whatnot. And then he morphed into something completely new, but that's where he ended up starting from. Um, and then actually all the kids in the story, I don't know if I've ever actually talked about this. I pulled them all. This, this is a, this week in film exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> exclusive. Um, the, uh, all the, <laughs> all the kids in the from. movie, uh, when I was doing my thesis in grad school, uh, I was obsessed with, um, uh, neorealism filmmaking. Um, so which is what neorealism <laughs> filmmaking. Thank you for asking is, uh, uh, it's, it feels like a documentary. Uh, and by all means, when you're watching it, uh, you can be fooled very easily into it being documentary. There actually is a, um, a movie called Germany year zero, which was a big inspiration on this. And it takes place right after the Nazis got their asses kicked in Germany. And the whole premise of the movie is a little boy rum rummaging around in like a destroyed Germany, mm -hmm. just trying to survive like a rat. And he's just in these abandoned buildings that have been destroyed. And he's, he's constantly getting hassled by like homeless guys and like all this stuff. And he finds like, um, like, a a piece of, um, a, an old record that is, um, like a Hitler, uh, propaganda record. Yeah. It's about him dealing with with like the the heartbreak of of uh, his parents' mistakes 
and like what he has become. And it ends on a pretty up note. He uh, jumps out of a window and kills himself. Oh. So yeah, oh, it's um, right. oh, but it's yeah. shot and looks a lot like uh, defenestration. <laughs> Uh, like another one would be like 400 blows. Um, trying to think of, uh, other, um, examples. There's a, there's a, um, Indian film called, um, Pather Panchali, which was another inspiration for it. So I actually, what I did was I, I plucked the characters from each one of these and I put them into the story. So Germany year zero, I took that little boy and I made him Edmund, uh, one of the characters in this, um, from Pather Panchali. Uh, uh, one, the little the little girl from that Durga plucked her out. I put her in. Um, and then there was a uh, a few other films. Um, uh, forbidden, forbidden games. It's a French film about a little girl who the the um, there's an air raid in her village and uh, her family's been through so much, but uh, and like they're they're migrating out and her parents are killed and she's an orphan and she's like six years old and she's just wandering around aimlessly. She befriends a dog and it's about them just wa wandering the countryside. And then another ARA comes and kills the dog. It's another happy go lucky film. Uh, but, uh, that little girl, was that the inspiration for John wick by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> the little girl in that movie is called Paulette. So, uh, she ends up being one of the main characters in my book. So I took all these characters that, that kind of had a depressing, didn't get a good run with it the, in their lives mm -hmm. in cinematic life. I tried to give him a second chance in this book and actually fight to survive in a way. Oh, you know? that's, that's very that's cool. cool. Yeah. So, uh, is there, was there any um, particular film or, or story that led you to um, kind of the, kind of the timeline of how you told it? Cause yeah, I've read, you know, volume one and it's really cool and it keeps me interested in that, you know, you start off, you know, it's like, how however many weeks before zero and then you go however many like days after zero and you kind of mm -hmm. jump back and forth you know and kind of keeps you going you're like what because you're like every time you're like hey man i want to find out what the hell happened at zero right. so is there any particular story that kind of inspired you to do it that way or um the uh well i mean it's all it's a pr pretty obvious play on like you know zero like yeah, you know like right. you know the back and forth yeah because there's positive and negative you know, kind of, yeah. um but the uh uh, it's like a countdown clock. It's like the do the um the the apocalypse clock. Is that what they call it? The uh, doomsday, doomsday clock. Doomsday clock. Yeah. Um, the whole point of it was that yeah, like we, we're leading up to this moment, and I and I keep people as invested in the story as possible. Like even if like they get maybe a little bit bored in the middle of it, mm -hmm. the whole point is that like okay, stick it out. I really want to know what the hell happens at right. zero. When yeah. I, and then I put so much pressure on myself because I have to deliver. <laughs> like, like this zero moment's got to be fucking badass. Otherwise, like I've given all this time for nothing. I assume um, a dog gets thrown out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just realizing now that, uh, yeah, the, there's a pretty dark ending at this one, and 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 yeah, a lot of people are jumping out of windows. You have to read <laughs> oh, to find oh, yeah, out why. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was but, just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, exciting. It it was really meant as a, a device. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Everything that I write uh, either has uh, some sort of a um, subtle device. I don't want to beat people over the head with it because the, the story can continue without that if mm -hmm. it, it doesn't yeah. need it. Or some sort of a high concept. Um, high concept, you know, like for instance, um, Inception is a high concept film. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, like certain uh, 
you're creating your own physics, you know, you're creating whatever it might be. So in this one, I didn't really go the route of high concept, so I wanted some devices. So this that was my device. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Back to this week in film talk. <laughs> Charlie, we'll be back with you oh. for more Boy Zero. Yeah, one, let me take this moment to step away and uh, check in on my book signing table. Charlie's going to the book signing table. We're still going to stick here, and I'm going to talk about the movies I saw this week in film. Um, l- let me just... Uh, I don't have a commercial. When so. when I put this down, is it going to crumble? Like It probably gonna, will, okay, yeah. Great. I'll just take it. When I, when I come, Here's a teaser. When I come back, we can do the, uh, the reading that we talked about. All right? And goodbye. I forgot to look at it. <laughs> Uh right. So, Dan, so Nick, what did you watch this week? This in week film? in film, I watched. Uh, I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about. John Wick two. I watched John <laughs> Wick two, chapter two. It was uh pretty great. Just yeah. Start off with that. John Wick chapter two is pretty great. It uh it's nowhere near as good as John Wick one, uh-huh. but it is definitely. Uh, worth seeing and totally, um, v- totally valid as an action movie. Like it was great. Uh, you haven't seen it, and I don't want to ruin no, it for you. But uh, do they do they continue with um, kind of building building that world that they did in the first one with like their own currency and and kind of their code of ethics and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, a little bit? that stuff plays way into it. Uh-huh. Uh, a l- probably way too much. Oh, okay. It gets uh, way too involved in that stuff, and I think it starts getting bogged down with it because at a certain point, uh, at a certain point, everyone in New York is an assassin. Like, oh, like, like it's it's not really a secret society if it if it feels like everyone is a part of it. Oh, you man, know. Yeah. Now John Wick's like syndrome from The Incredibles. If everybody's super, no one. No is. one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> but uh, the plot of this movie is. Um, Basically, it starts off with John Wick cleaning up his mess from the first one, Mm -hmm. and uh, he goes home, and there's a guy there who, I guess, John Wick owes a favor. It's called a mark, um, and John Wick has no choice but to pay him back. He must do whatever this guy asks, because this guy helped John Wick get out of the crime syndicate the first time. So, so that's something new that they introduced in this one, the concept of the, the marks, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, because John Wick is forced into this, it, it really it really takes away a lot of the weight that, that the first one had. So, for instance, in the first movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, in the first 10 minutes, John Wick's puppy is brutally murdered in front of him. Um, this yeah, angers John Wick in a way that, was amazing and gives him a just a perfect singular focus for him to for the movie to progress upon Mm -hmm. it's john wick is gonna go after um what's his name theon Greyjoy. he's going after theon Greyjoy from game of thrones and nothing is going to stop him yeah, on this journey. He's going to avenge his dog and get his car back. Yeah. <laughs> he wants his car back and he's going to avenge the dog, which was the last gift from his wife, who had recently died. This movie starts off with, hey, you got to do a favor for me. 
So John Wick's focus is, I don't want to do this. Uh. So, so like immediately you're like, oh, I don't want to do this either. I don't want to. I don't want to do this if John Wick doesn't want to do it. <laughs> right. You know. So yeah, because in, in the first one he's like, he's like, you're like, so are you back? Yeah, I'm back. So he's like really determined. He's, he's like, like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Right. And this one they're like, are you back? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. I gotta do this thing. Uh, and and it and it basically progresses from that point to uh, a lot of cool action sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie felt a lot more choreographed than the first one. Um, by which I mean, um, uh, if uh, if you want to think about um, uh, Star Wars, okay. uh, the prequels, how like the lightsaber dancing that they do, oh, okay, yeah, as yeah. opposed to just uh, the 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 raw fighting of uh, The Force Awakens, where right. where it doesn't feel like this was choreographed like, and practiced a million times. Like right, this is right. Raw hate pouring out of somebody. And it was great. Yeah, that was great in The Force Awakens because you know all of those people were basically untrained except for obviously Kylo Ren. So it really kind of came out. But, right. Yeah. And and that's what you got in the first John Wick. Is yeah. You had like this raw emotion. Driving a person, and, and I think the, this the one, camera work kind of showed that too from the first one. Yeah, it was how it was shot. It was yeah, and uh, like a, a lot of like a lot of steady. It wasn't a shaky cam or anything like that. And this one is also very well directed. It looks great. A lot of interesting color decisions and everything like that. But the the fight sequences just feel a little too polished. For instance, you know, is uh. You know, like as like they they have this whole sequence where John Wick is placing all of these weapons in a tunnel, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I guess we're gonna see him use all these weapons. You know, <laughs> like, what? Why are we watching this scene? Like, <laughs> like it, it'd be better if he was if they just skipped that and he was just running down the tunnel and like just pulling out pulling weapons. Out you weapons know and you're like, yeah. oh man, John Wick was really prepared for this. Um, and but also the fact that he is forced into this task that he has to do it just feels like he owes a guy a favor and then once he pays back the favor he's, out. he's well no and then he's like back in again because he's like he wants revenge for having to to do the, do favor. the favor yeah okay. so it's like all right uh then um lawrence fishburne shows up <laughs> wait <laughs> is are you sure this isn't a spoilers not spoilers episode <laughs> that, that really happened. Like, yeah. So Lawrence, so Morpheus comes in. Yeah, Morpheus shows up, and he looks just as surprised to be in the movie as I was to see him. Um, he's like Birdman on top of a roof. He's he's like got his pigeons, and he's like, I'm I got pigeons, John Wick. Uh-huh. You got a lot of gall coming to me for help. So obviously somebody that he knows. Right. It's mm-hmm. like an old an old person that he knows from way back, and then. Like and then and then he goes away. He like right. Lawrence Fishburne just disappears. You know, is a like it's just like let's get Neo and Morpheus back on screen together. Right. I was. It's not well. I feel like it would almost seem like one of those things where you know Keanu Reeves is kind of just doing him a favor. But I don't feel like Lawrence Fishburne is that bad off right now. No, Lawrence yeah, Fishburne's he's great. He's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing all right. And um, like I, I think it's just kind of because the guy who directed John Wick and the sequel was like the stunt coordinator from the matrix yeah movies. yep yeah we, I think and um so i guess they were just like yeah let's get the gang back together yeah. but large fishburn every movie he makes he puts on 20 pounds <laughs> as we all saw in 
the third Matrix movie where he's got that giant gut hanging over the cave of full well, of people. He was clearly stress stress eating from the revolution, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, so in this movie, they don't even they just keep they put like ten coats on him <laughs> to, like, to kind of tr- yeah. Oh, he's got that up. He wears a coat that keeps his other coat clean, like from uh, <laughs> it's always sunny. <laughs> And also, he's like probably covered in bird crap from uh, from all his pigeons. So then he just puts another coat on top of it, to right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like, M- Morpheus has his own, uh, like his own underground t- team of assassins. Like Morpheus runs the homeless people. Oh, okay. And, and the homeless then, assassins. Yeah, the homeless uh, right. assassins. Good. And then uh, they need work too. So. Um, Oh, I don't even know. I don't even remember who the main bad guy is. So I was, that, I was going to ask you. About I'm trying that. to so remember. One of the I things really about can't. about just, the uh, the you know the first movie, John Wick, is again it's kind of disappointing. Right. Okay. Is that you know the main villain, not Theon Greyjoy, but like his boss was kind of like meh, and I I feel like they kind of promised. I feel like they kind of um, promised that this villain would be better. So. Is he isn't isn't it played by Common or somebody like that? Oh yeah, Common <laughs> Common is another assassin. Oh okay. Um, and uh, you know their fight is very very choreographed and uh, you know okay. and it's it's just not very good. Uh, like I mean I mean like I mean it's it's you know John Wick. Spoiler alert. You know John Wick is gonna win because there's a John Wick three being made. You know. Uh, well, the people but know that. The end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Really gets you pumped up for the next John Wick. Like oh. you're like you're like even though this movie was like a step back and like not nearly as cool as or first, yeah. or as innovative as the first one, mm-hmm. you're still like, I love this movie. Like like the action sequences are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, a lot of interesting uh, decisions. There's one very cool sequence in like a hall of mirrors kind of thing, which was which was awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know you just. You're just very excited to see where they go next. Like, I mean, it's a fun action movie. It doesn't have to be deep or anything like that. It just so happened that the first one that they made was. Yeah, it w- was a little bit deeper. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would, uh, I'd be remiss. Uh, I'm sure you know. There's a friend that, that we both know that would hate if I didn't ask you. How is uh, how is John Wick's headshot accuracy in this movie as compared to the first one? It is better. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I imagine the practice that John Wick had, and I find it impossible to just call him John. <laughs> like, you have to call him John Wick. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. like, like, how am I supposed to call him anything but... Well, you have to differentiate between between all the other Johns that Keanu Reeves has played. Exactly. The other black-suited Johns that, yeah. that he's played yeah. throughout the years. So. That's right, because one of the lo- first times you were on the show... Uh-huh. Was when we, you Johnny saw Mnemonic. John Wick for the first time, yeah, and I watched Johnny Mnemonic, right, and then we talked about you know uh, what's it, Devil's Advocate, and yeah, uh, isn't his know. name John in that too? Maybe I, I, I'm, like, I'm wasn't just gonna it assume. A, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, if unless is his name unless they unless they you know because they kind of showed it and I don't remember what it is in in the Matrix. I'm just gonna assume that Neo's real name is John, but I don't think it was. I but, think it was. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, basically, we're going to the same same kind of sounds there. Oh. But yeah, yeah. So then we have you know the you know the Matrix, oh. which is um. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if we could have your attention, please. Two this week in film all stars have just entered the room. Tony Leboy and Keith Seddon, come on down. Yay. Woo! The, the applause is deafening. 
going on, guys? Only Tony is go. coming to sit down. Yeah, where's Keith? Mm -hmm. Come on, Keith. Get shark, get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, guys. Hello, everyone. Hi, Keith. You don't, you know. Hey, Keith. Yeah, exactly. Keith, welcome yeah, to the show. Nice to Tony, yeah, Tony. Nice to be, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's, slide, all slide slide down down, yeah. let's all slide down one. Let's all slide down. Yeah, all right. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tony LeBoy. Let me just say, this is uh, quite a scene here. Hey, Charlie, what's going on? <laughs> so, yeah. This is yeah, look, great. There's Charlie's here, too. Yeah, Keith, I, I hear you had a nice uh, week at the beach. It you was invited everyone you worked with there. Do you want to talk about the movies I saw? <laughs> I'd love to talk more about all the people you invited to the beach wow. for this fun weekend. It was great. Uh, John Wick, I watched that. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man 1, of course. Um, Keith, yeah, we're going to play Set in Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what time is it? I don't know. We're running out. I know. I got. We got plenty of time. I want to see what came out on Wednesday, and I want to talk to Charlie. Perfect yeah. together, that right? Is, oh, that there is you go. Amazing. Good. Batman I've been reading the Space the Ghost there. and the Green Lantern. Amazing. Maybe maybe a new issue of Winona Earp down there as oh, well. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a TV yeah. show on the yeah. on the sci-fi. Ah, there you go. There so you go, uh, <laughs> if you're just tuning in to the podcast ah. that's been playing in your car, <laughs> it's this week in film. Live from Showcase Comics in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Uh, you got, it's been a long time, Tony. It has been a long time. You got to talk right into that microphone. I'm here. There you Hello. are. There you are. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Tony, how have What's you up? been? I've been good. I've been good. How, how have you been, Nick? I'm good. I have so many children. Yeah. Keith, it's been <laughs> a long time since you were here. Yeah. Uh -huh. not, not at the comic book. I come here like I come to the shop like once every couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I've been here. I haven't been on the show in a long time though. If that's what you're uh, trying yeah, to say. Yeah, there. Yeah. See. Right. <laughs> Maybe for the last time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, Tony. Yeah. What did you see this week? In just today. Yeah. Today. Say it. We saw Baby Driver. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, we saw yeah, Baby yeah. Driver. All right. Did and you it was see awesome. it with Keith? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. saw it with my wife and Keith. It was exciting. It was awesome. You know? Yeah. So much it fun. It looks fantastic. It, it <laughs> was pretty fantastic looking. Yeah. Hi, Jackie. Edgar Wright. Good. Yeah, it was awesome. It, was <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it, used, um, it used everything, like, from the dialogue to... Um, right into that mic. Parts of the... Uh, <laughs> uh, parts of the... Um, what am I trying to say? The background noise, uh -huh. things like that. They incorporated that into the score, which also helped tell the story a little bit. So yeah. that made it like super, oh, the, the super interesting. The main character is weird with his ears or something, right? Yeah, like he has what? What, Keith? Tinnitus? tinnitus. Yeah, he has tinnitus. One, so there's always like there's a like deafening, ring like ring low ring in his ear. Yeah, in his yeah, ear. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Archer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big yeah, Archer, like Archer. Man, Tony. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. What if people in a shop back here, I feel like... Well, if they if they want to grab a issue of the Powerpuff Girls number one, we'll hand it to them certainly. If someone's um, looking for Skylanders. Jedi Academy, the Phantom Bully, we'll hey, hand that mm -hmm. to them. This is Charlie's comic book. Yeah, this is yeah this is uh, this is my copy. Oh, Charlie's okay. comic book. I, nice. I came to get it signed by the man himself. So way to go, Charlie. At some point, Baby Driver will be over there. It was awesome. Hello. It was fantastic. Was it better than John Wick? I don't know. Um, I don't no, know. but it did have some awesome driving scenes. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, very action-packed. A better yeah. film than John Wick, but man, that John Wick. Yeah, yeah. totally better script, I, I would say. It did yeah. get a little long. I'm not going to hesitate to say that. I heard a sigh. Yeah, 
yeah. It was it, a, it ran a, a solid hour fifty. I felt I feel like, like it could tried have been to reenact the okay. side just then with the yeah. yeah I mean, that's how yeah, I feel yeah, about yeah. it every time I think about those. Yeah. that long scene. And it was at, <laughs> it was at a movie tavern, so that was like releasing. Yeah, your uh, yeah movie okay. tavern. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so you really needed to be <laughs> ninety minutes. Yeah. Keith, just re- just repeating the first part of your <laughs> sentence is not going to. I realized that after I was talking about <laughs> releasing, and that's just. <laughs> All right, there we go. So, Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Edgar Wright's best, or just uh, I don't know about his best. I I don't know if I would say that, um, but definitely his most unique I've ever seen out of him. It was like yeah. a it was like a unique watch. I felt yeah for certain. It was awesome transitions. Great. That guy always has really good transitions, though. Yeah. Huge cast, like huge good all-star cast. cast. Jamie Foxx, John Hamm, John Hamm. Uh, who else was in it? Shane from Walking Dead was in it. John Barenthal. Oh, okay. Yep, he That's was in his it. Name? Mm-hmm. Did he rub his head and go? Mm. Let me ask you something. He always plays kind of yeah. like a like a like a guy with a screw loose, like yeah. you know, guy with a pass. But he was only in the so yeah. He's so always like kind of like he always he has some sort of tech. Oh, Kevin yeah. Spacey. Let me ask you something. Kevin Spacey, huge. Kevin this yeah, Spacey. Just bothering you. <laughs> yeah, he always. <laughs> What's he, wrong with Rick? He always. Mm-hmm. He's always looks like he's on the way or just came from shaving his head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He's great as the Punisher. He, uh, you saw Daredevil season two? No, I haven't. I've been slacking. You didn't watch right. season two? No, yeah, I didn't even finish season yeah, one. To get on that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I fell off. I well, this was well. this week in Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Keith. Yeah. It's time. No, it's not. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't ladies and gentlemen, we're about to play something that we haven't played in over a year. As a- it's a little game that has lit up the internet. Oh, do you, how many notes do you have taken there? So like, many. Oh, my gosh. Don't worry about it. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Set in Tomatoes number four now. Number four. And if you recall, Keith wants... Lit up the internet with the statement. It never happened. I rate every movie. Oh, that did happen. Whether it's better or it was worse recorded, actually. than <laughs> Spider-Man One. Right. Yeah. Have so, you ever seen Spider-Man One? So, so yeah. real quick, Baby Driver. Okay. Better or worse than Spider-Man One? I liked it, so it was better than Spider-Man One. But you liked Spider-Man One, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So you like this one better. All right. So Keith, we're gonna mix it up a little bit this time. Okay. All right. Sure, because we don't have time for you to leave. We don't have room. time for you to leave, and uh, or the, we don't believe that you'll come back. I was hoping to shop some comics, though. There's plenty of time for that. Okay, <laughs> well, we're kind of. Re- but we're gonna play a little game tell. called Set in Tomatoes. All right. What's gonna happen is I'm gonna name a movie. Okay. You're gonna tell us in one sentence what that movie's about. Okay. If you haven't seen it or don't know what it is, you've got to make up a plot for it. Oh man. And then tell us whether or not the movie would be better or worse than Spider-Man 1. Nice. Um, Also, we're going to throw in a little twist this time. Okay. Who's starring in the movie? Sure. All right? Sure. So, Tony, would you like to start off at the top? Yeah, I'd love to. I like... We'll meet again, Spider-Man. Love the first selection. Don't say the year. Yeah, don't say the year. Mm. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Tone knows the movies okay, it, I've seen. Uh, I feel go like, ahead, say, yeah, the, you say yeah. the year. Say right, the year. Yeah. So say the bad boys, but uh-huh. the one that came out in 1983. What's that about? <laughs> bad boys, <laughs> <laughs> starring Will Smith <laughs> and Martin Lawrence. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, it's a, it's a movie about um two cops. And they're taking down crime. And I've seen bad boys. Oh yeah. 
Maybe not this one, but I've seen Bad Boys. <laughs> so, so, hold on. So this one is like a reboot, but they use the same actors. They seen the. Yeah, it was a reboot in 1983. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you're saying the the new one was a reboot of this 19, but they were way younger. Haven't you seen these movies? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously not. Go on, please. Okay, better or worse than Spider-Man 1? Well, just going off of the original Bad Boys, I'm going to say worse than Spider-Man 1. Okay, so Keith, Bad Boys 1983 uh-huh. starred Sean Penn and Ali Sheedy. Oh, man, I like both those actors. Chicago sure. crime kid Mick O'Brien <laughs> is sent to reform school after accidentally killing Paco. <laughs> that's it? Yep, that's it. Oh, it's <laughs> probably not as good Dan, as Spider-Man 1. would you like 1. to do the next line? Uh, can I get the one after, Dan? It was, uh, no, no. no. Oh. So, wait, you want to do... Yeah. So we're going to do the next one. So this one... Uh-huh. The film is The Color of Money. I've never seen The Color of Money. Exciting. What's it about? All right. Color of Money. One sentence. Stars John C. Riley, <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> they go into business together in a meatball sandwich shop. <laughs> That's The Color of Money right there, baby. Meatballs. <laughs> That's definitely better than Spider-Man 1. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, it's not as good oh, as okay, Spider-Man right, 1. Yeah. Uh, All right. So Paul Newman and Tom Cruise in uh, the sequel to The Hustler. Fast Eddie Felsen Felsen teaches a (laughs) cocky but immensely talented protege the ropes of pool hustling. (laughs) Kind of like uh, Kingpin, except a pool. Exactly, which yeah, yeah, which in turn inspires him to make an unlikely comeback. So exactly like Kingpin. (laughs) All right, is Kingpin? Not very often you get a sequel. Uh, No, damn it. Uh, Well, it really depends on how much money you have. Ah. All right, Keith. Ah. Next up, yes. from 1992, okay, <laughs> Lorenzo's Oil. I've never. You're picking <laughs> movies I've never seen, and then making me tell you whether or not they're better or not. Then Spider-Man One, Lorenzo's Oil. Now you get the. Now you get the joke. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Lorenzo's Oil. It's a post-apocalyptic film, starring in a way. Um. Judd Nelson <laughs> and his dog. Judd <laughs> and his dog. Yeah. Scamp. Scamp. <laughs> Thomas Howe. Wait, what? Is the dog like animated? Is it voiced? No, it was one? real, and it could smell oil, and they were seeking Lorenzo's oil because it was like a an old uh, ditch that was left before the war, and now they're going to um, repopulate. Nick wait. Nolte and Susan. <laughs> oh, wait. Better or worse than Spider-Man 1? <laughs> worse than Spider-Man 1. Nick Nolte and Certainly Susan Sarandon. A boy develops a disease so rare, no one is working on a cure. See? Kind of what I said. So right. his father mm-hmm. learns all about it to tackle the problem right. himself. Mm-hmm. So after yeah. the disease spreads, it's everyone dies, and that's when they're seeking Lorenzo's oil. Yeah. That doesn't, that, by that movie title, that that didn't explain it to me. Yeah, it? yeah. It, w- it was basically the movie you described um, meets There Will Be Blood. It was basically, yeah. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Which I heard Daniel Day just retired. Yeah, yeah. he did. He yes. pulled a Barry Sanders. He, he went out on top. Yeah. I think he, no, he more did a Jordan where he retired again. Oh, that's true. He'll be yeah. back yeah. as soon did as he retire? Gracie. When did he retire? What was his first movie out of retirement? Gangs of New York. Ah. Really? Uh, yeah, that made, uh, that made all right. nice. All I right. think he's going to start a rap career. Nick knows things. Oh. Like uh, like Hasselhoff? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, right, Tony, you want to take this next one? Sure. Um, this one is called The Bank Dick, 1940. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bank Dick. I saw that uh, in college. The Bank Dick. <laughs> it's a movie uh, starring... <sighs> All right. 
I don't know this one. Can we skip it? Can we go to another one? Come right. on, guys. All right, go ahead, Tony. How about, all right, let's see. Maybe you saw, you've seen this one. Tower Heist. Oh, I tried watching that one. <laughs> it's got Ben Stiller in it yep. and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Okay. And they're trying to rob a, a tower that they work at. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they got, you know, someone screwed them over and now like, oh, we're going to get your money back. I have no idea what happened in it. I don't remember. I, that was the same day I watched uh, In Time with Justin Timberlake. So I was already done for that day. So a solid movie day for you. It was a pretty solid movie <laughs> day. Hit after hit, yeah. Uh, I, it, I'm going to say. the one where he has, you like sell your life? I, it was, yeah. You go to Starbucks and you're like, oh, I just lost a minute. Uh. But you get that coffee. I'm going to say Tower Heist, not as good as Spider-Man 1. I mean, okay. come on, guys. All right, all right, all right. All right. Good. All right. Uh, Dan, you want to pick one? Oh, my uh, God. How many do you have? A lot. You think Eight. I can read that from Eight. over Eight. here? Remember right. well, six months ago when you were supposed to show up? <laughs> we will. Uh, a, hey, bye, Bill. Oh. Bye, Bill. Bud. Thanks for coming out. Later, Bill. I know that guy. Okay, we'll go with uh, 2004's The Woodsman. The Woodsman. All right. It's a prequel to The Woods Woman. And it was starring uh, show. that. I'm sorry. What? Hmm? I'm being interrupted. Hey, Judy, Our Joe, fans. Christy, what's up? Mm-hmm. Well, they we're, keep we're doing a show. We can't hear you. You don't have a mic. They keep oh. asking me. All I don't know if you're I've familiar. Okay. If you want to come up and tell us that the TSV is going to be moving later, that would be great. Uh, yeah, that's. A, I, I get know. that though. Yeah, Your dog in our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Woodsman, starring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's it called? The Woodsman, right? That's what yeah, it's called? Yeah, yep. Woodsman. No, 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 you pronounced you it, said it the first time. Um, what did I say? The Woodsman. Well, it's a prequel to The Woodswoman. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which actually came out before it, okay. and then they're like, oh, we're going to start over. Mm-hmm. So The Woodsman takes place in Alaska, and the man only has one leg, and he's seeking a, a replacement because he's all alone. He's the Woodsman. Later on, he meets the Woods woman, and that's where the first movie started. So they, oh, okay. And then they, the, they have the, the last movie, The Woods Babies, right? The Woods Babies, which that one was better than Spider-Man 1, but okay. the first two, <laughs> not so much. Okay. All right, so Kevin Bacon and David Alan Greer, oh. child molester, returns to his hometown. You can't say that. You can't prison. say that word. We're like, hey, Brady. <laughs> what is do? wrong with the word bacon? Yeah. <laughs> I missed him. Yeah. All right, he's at the house. Yeah, I would rather watch the movie that you described. Yeah, I, you know what? Yeah. I thought I did a pretty bad job describing that one. So, all right, next one. Let's uh, let's pick a movie I know. Snatch. Okay, Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, right? Yep, same thing. No, that's Sequel. a different movie. Wait, is this the boxing movie? You tell I us, don't know. Keith. Keep yeah, going. yeah, Snatch, boxing movie, right? It's probably got someone like Matt Damon in it or Brad Pitt. And they're fighting, and then uh, high frame rate, you fall through the the ring, and then uh, slow-mo, like you're falling through the water. I saw that scene. I thought I went, it was one sentence for this game. Yes, what are we I did not see this movie, and it is not as good as Spider-Man 1. Nice. I have to completely disagree with you on that. But you are pretty close. Brad Pitt, Jason Statham, unscrupulous boxing promoters. You, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Keith, last one. Okay. Whew. My best friend's wedding. Uh, is that the Julia Roberts one? I don't know. Or is that Runaway Bride? Because that one was that was cute. <laughs> uh, um, it's adorable, really. My Best Friend's Wedding, starring Ryan Reynolds and uh, Mila Kunis. And, uh, man, Ryan's getting married. 
Who's my best friend? Uh, I didn't see it, and it um it wasn't as good as Spider Man One. <laughs> Guys, this is awful, man. <laughs> 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 He, oh, the man. beads of sweat that are running down your forehead yeah. are uncomfortable. I just yeah. want some movies I've seen so I can give you uh, a... Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz. That's right. Yeah, you were halfway you, there. You got mm-hmm. I got yep. mixed up with the, the, the one about the pizza. And that was <laughs> set in tomatoes. <laughs> oh, number four. Great nice, job. Keith. Nice job. Thanks uh, for coming. Uh, right, but nice awesome. job. It's been great, guys. How do I turn myself off? Just hand the f- microphone. Don't. Here you just, go, Dan, just, just hand it Dan. to the table. Now you got two of them. Yeah. Great. Go shop. <laughs> Woo. Oh, sorry. Buy Charlie's book. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go say hi to our artist friend. That's okay, go right. say t- t- uh, Tony. Thanks for swinging by. No problem. Thank you. All right, if we could have Charlie's attention, Charlie, it's it's boy zero time again. Mm-hmm. Tony and Charlie are doing some sort of elaborate handshake. Hi, Judy. Would you like to say hi to America America. and the world at large? We have a large contingent that listens in the Great Britain. Mm -hmm. You got to talk right into that microphone. I think it's breaking. I don't. Oh, there I am. Yeah. That sounds better. You got to hold it like that. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I'll just hold it. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Give her the other mic. People need to hear what I have to say. Say important thing. Judy. Hi. Would you better? Judy, we're old friends. It's your first time on the show. First, wait, long time listener, first time guest. Uh, Right? Yeah. Is that how I say it? Sure. (laughs) If you want to hack it up. The, uh, (laughs) Judy, what did you see this week in film? I saw old movies. Does that count? We already talked about it. That is okay. Okay. I saw, um, Gone Baby Gone. And I saw The Martian for the second time because I just read the book. So I felt like I had to see the movie. What'd you think? Uh, Yeah, it's really good. It stays pretty true to the book. I agree. There's a few few things that are different. The ending's a little different. The ending, they they really Hollywood up the ending. They Hollywooded up, Hollywooded, Hollywooded up the ending. Holly weird. Holly, yeah. (laughs) But uh, other than that, it was pretty pretty good. Uh, and Gone Baby Gone, also very good, I thought. Is that I feel the like Casey Affleck. Casey, okay. Yeah. I have he reminded me that. a lot of Ben Affleck in this movie. They're related. Are they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean his acting style. I felt like he hadn't come into his own. So he, he was a lot, imitating. Yeah, and talked okay. fast. Uh, okay. But it was, I think Ben made the dialogue, so it was, I felt a lot of oh, right. Ben. Oh, directed a- it. Yeah. Right? Ben <laughs> influence all throughout that film. Oh. But I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's a moral decision he has to make at the end and you're not even sure if he made the right one by the time the movie ends interesting so, yeah i've never seen it i've it's always on my yeah. list but i'm always go like oh, i don't want to watch that today i don't want to like it's like yeah, i don't want a happy movie i don't want to be depressed right for the next two hours kind of a thing yeah it's not it's not happy but it's good all right well okay. thanks for swinging by you're welcome you i'm so gonna much. go now all right because i'm gonna go bye it was fun bye thanks all for, right. thanks bye, for carly this show. was awesome mm-hmm. go boy zero I don't know, but let's not swing it around like a oh, hammer. This one, here. Because that's the one that works. So. Oh, one, one's not working? Charlie. Hello? It's Hello? I believe at this time you wanted to do a, a reading all by yourself. Um, no, well, I would love for you to join me in the oh, reading. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I oh, do you have a copy? I, I yeah, do, I right do. here. Yeah, perfect. What, what page are we going to? One? This is completely on. As an award-nominated actor, 
who who so you're totally going to be the the waitress down on our luck right it's just an honor to be nominated to be considered uh, excellence amongst your peers <coughs> all right so i need to read okay so who's playing uh the part of drecker I will be Detective Drecker. Ah, all right. Okay. And uh, you'll be playing the part of disgruntled waitress? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it's Nick's show. It's the least I can do. <laughs> all right, so... And you are the narrator. I'll narrate. Um, and set so, this up for us, Charlie. So in the, in the story, uh, in the metropolis of uh, Boy Zero, it's called Glass City. Now, Glass City is... Uh, kind of been crippled in fear because there's a serial killer that's been going around and um, killing everyone to a soundtrack. Um, there's a song that kind of uh, will play in every duckbill speaker, every radio station. When he's killing, he has complete control, and the song will start to play. Oh. So the story starts uh, about six months deep into the killings, and everyone is uh, distraught in the city. Now they've been demanding the mayors and the police to get on this. They don't understand why he hasn't been caught yet. So um, I wrote a couple articles in Boy Zero under the uh, uh, the character of Diane J. Fowl, who um, a lady. Yeah, uh, she's a columnist for Glass City Gazette, and um, she uh, she has the only interview with Detective Drecker, the lead detective on the throne of God killings. Um, and detective Drecker, um, is very private. So, uh, this is kind of a big deal for her. Mm -hmm. So this first article, um, is kind of, uh, an introduction to the city for the readers, mm -hmm. uh, and kind of sets the backdrop of what the city has been going through. Um, so with your guys help, why don't we do a little read? All I'm right. excited. All right. yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So she titles the the, uh, the piece, The Limits of Patience, uh, part one of two by Diane J. Fowl, January 16th. It's 4.13 a.m. I'm sitting alone in the booth at the Olympus Diner on Fillmore and 10th. The scene is a familiar one. Taxi driver sits alone at the corner with a plate of eggs in front of him as a middle-aged waitress tops off his coffee. Otherwise, the place is empty. It smells of bacon grease and ammonia. It's quiet. It's cliche. It's truth. The night is cold. I haven't yet taken off my scarf or jacket. I cup the steaming mug of black coffee before me for warmth. The door opens and the bell jingles. I did not need to look up because I have been waiting. The waitress gives a warm welcome from the kitchen. It's a tired tick that has no meaning to her any longer. The same involuntary response the bell gives to the door. Standing in the doorframe is Nigel Drecker, lead investigator on the Throne of God Killings. The flickering neon lights from the storefront makes his features ominous. He barely gives a grunt to the waitress. He makes his way towards me. He walks slowly, leaning heavily upon a cane. His posture has suffered over the years, no doubt, from his injury. I stand to greet him with a smile and a handshake. The gesture is ignored as he wearily takes, takes to his seat. I have not yet sat as the waitress makes her way over. What can I get you, sugar? Nigel points to the cup of coffee on the table. One of those will be fine. Anything to eat? She says with a forced smile. I, I won't be here long enough. All right. <clears throat> She's now given up on the sweet routine and walks off with a slight attitude in her step and a sway in her hips. No doubt a commentary to the small tip the black crude meal will yield. I produce a small digital recorder, place it upon the Formica tabletop. 
I give him the familiar may I glance. He returns it with ambivalence. I hit record and we begin. It's now 4.16 a.m. on Monday the 13th of January. I sit with Nigel Drecker to discuss the ongoing investigation of Glass City's Throne of God killings. As of right now, the case has been kept very cloak and dagger. No interviews have been permitted. Not a single press release has been issued. All that press and public have been privy to are the names of the victims and the names of the investigating officers. First question, Nigel. Why all the secrecy? Wouldn't you think the public should be kept informed? Not only for assurances in their safety, but impossible help from the public eye. Drecker stirs his coffee, places before him. The wet scraping spoon of porcelain holds in the air a few beats too long. Why do you think we are meeting at 4.16 a.m.? I assumed you hoped I wouldn't show up. Nigel clicks the coffee cup rim with the spoon. This is his response. So I take it you were forced into this interview. Was it by your superior officers? Nigel sits statuesque. The mayor? Clink is his response. The public is afraid, Nigel. Petrified, so pardon me if I don't get to the point here. It's been four months with no answers. Six murders with no end in sight. The public is calling for police, Chief Simmons, to step down. They want a new team on this investigation, and I can understand why. This needs to be covered. I've done some number crunching, and I found that the crime is up this month over last. I'm not an expert on social behavior, but I think the writing is on the wall. The public has been losing respect for the police department. Criminals are becoming brazen and foolhardy. I haven't heard a question. We know nothing about this killer except that when the song plays, a victim is being mutilated somewhere. We are all united in that moment. Is the point to these killings... Is the point to these killings that we're all united in that moment? Is the killer trying to bridge a gap between all of us? A clink of coffee cup reverberates through all the back alleys of Glass City. It wakes children and startles pigeons to flight. We found the song to be an old slave song that predates radio. It's called, When God Dips His Pen of Love Into My Heart. Can you tell me if this song has any meaning or importance to the case? Nigel sits quietly in his booth. He shifts his weight a bit, but nothing signifying a response. Now to my readers, I'm not proud of the following reaction and response. In news, our editors have the thankless job of refining our work and omitting unnecessary banter or emotional response irrelevant to the story. They keep us honest and away from tabloid writing and yellow journalism. But I insisted to have this printed in completion. No matter how unprofessional I conducted myself, so I must disclaim that this is now an op-ed piece. Now listen, you heedless prick. Your boss has you over, has you on orders to divulge information about the case. So I suggest you start doing such. Are you that cold and detached that you can't offer the people of the city some comfort? Don't you remember the oath you took when you started the job, or have you given up on the very ideals that drove you into the police force? We are tired and scared. The people cry out for help, but like some benevolent statue who offer nothing but a shadow to hide under in an already dark place. Nigel grabs his coffee cup, and under the pressure of his grip, the brim snaps. He tosses the broken cup across the diner and crashes against the counter, startling the taxi driver and waitress to perfect posture. I have awoken a giant, and no one dares say a word. I can now see 25 years of chase and little reward behind his eyes. I see a kind face at your doorstep when your child has gone missing. The comforting face in the rain when you've been attacked and you're scared. The angry, determined face and the when violence is threatened. 
the wise and patriarchal face when you are lost and need a lead. I see the face of Glass City, and it is sad and old. And the diatribe that it, that he, has for me is humbling and beautiful in its unbridled veracity. Very nice. Very nice, Charlie. Thank you. I also did a great job. Yeah, you did. It no, you guys it. nailed those characters. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. like I, I tried. Uh, yeah, I practiced on the way off. Disgruntled waitress, I thought, was very moving. Oh, good. Yeah, I yeah, really I wanted the cup of tea. Did you? I really did. Oh, good. Yeah. It's like you guys got Maybe in my head. Those yeah. were the very characters. We were there. Yeah. We were yeah. there with, with, mm-hmm. with all of them. Did, were you doing uh, a Donald Glover? I, that's what I heard. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like the, you know, the character just kind of reached out. Yeah. From within me. To you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I spent the last few months getting my body ready for this role. Actually. So, yeah. It really, really yeah. put my heart into it. That's great, man. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it's for it. you. All right, Charlie. It's about that time. Yeah. What have you got to plug? Uh, well, there's a uh, <laughs> there's a book I worked on called Boy Zero. It can be bought at Amazon. It can be bought on uh, BarnesandNoble.com or in stores. You can go to any comic book shop in the country and ask for Boy Zero. If they don't have it in stock, they will order it. Because it's uh, distributed by Diamond Distribution, which is the main distribution company for comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also available for digital uh, download on Comixology, Drive Through Comics. You can go to calibercomics.com and get it there. That, that's the publisher. Um, I'm going to be attending a comic book convention, my first people. one, <laughs> uh, in late August. Uh, the Soda City Comic Con. Cool. Um, so yeah, if anyone lives in South Carolina. And wants to come on down? It'll be a lot of fun. Lots of people live in South Carolina. Yeah. Do they listen to this podcast though? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. Come on out. Yeah. Um. And uh, your South Carolina. Yeah. And the the only <laughs> the only other thing is uh, I have no follow up to that. <laughs> at the Soda City Comic Con, I will be de- be debuting the first issue of my new comic book series. Oh. Yeah. That's I'm excited about that. Can you tell us the title? Filthy. Godless Heathens. Copyright. (laughs) 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 All right, Dan. Anything to plug? I don't. Just want to uh, say hello to my my lovely lovely wife, Emily, and my daughter, Christina. And that's it. Very good. I'd like to say hello to my wife, Jill, who let me come out and play tonight. And uh, hi to my four kids, Alex, Natalie, Lillian, and Charlotte. Got them all. And uh, I guess... If that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. That's still the tagline. It's still, yeah, we haven't changed it. I had something about house lights coming up at one point, but it didn't didn't work. At this point, the the ending (laughs) music is playing. And uh, taper off. Goodbye. Thanks for the support, guys. Really appreciate it. Congratulations, Charlie. Thank you, guys.